Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to take this moment to say thank you for listening to the Real Rescue Podcast. It means a lot to me that you enjoy these stories as much as I do. Since the start of this podcast, we've had a lot of support from all over the world. It has been amazing. Now, we have companies joining our team that also want to say thank you for all that you are doing out there standing the watch. These companies are offering discounts on their products as a way to support the rescue community and those tuning into the Real Rescue Podcast. Just go to therealrescue.com, click on Sponsors, and see these incredible offers for yourself. This episode of the Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. Axness, because when lives are at stake and conditions are challenging, Clear communication is of the utmost importance. SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. And Airwave, the Airwave Performance Mouthpiece, helping you to use breathing to your advantage. Breeze Eastern, they dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. The Axness PNG Wireless ICS System can bring cutting-edge wireless intercommunication system technology to any aircraft. The PNG system can be fully integrated into an existing ICS system or can be carried on and off as a mobile base station. They can go anywhere, at any time, on any aircraft. Plus, with the strongest and most robust waterproof handheld on the market, this system can take a hit and keep working. Their wireless intercom systems are designed to enhance situational awareness through improved communication capability. This system brings superior noise-canceling technology to eliminate rotor wash and engine noise from your ICS. The Axness PNG wireless system is currently deployed in more than 1,800 public safety, air ambulance, and search and rescue aircrafts worldwide. I have personally used the Axness system in four different countries and on five different airframes. It is awesome. If you want more information, contact them today at axness.com. That's A-X-N-E-S dot com. You just make sure you tell them Quinny sent me. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help your helicopter training. They train daytime, nighttime, aerial firefighting, hoist, longline, fast rope, rappel, and more. They can assist your program with standardization and safety checks or just an FAA annual refresher. With a certified flight instructor pilots and experienced crew, they are ready to help your agency keep up to date with current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. Plus, right now, SR3 is offering 10% off anything in their web store with the promo code, all capital letters, REALRESCUE, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. Plus, they are offering another 10% from their partners, Petzl, and their equipment, all you got to do is send an email to info at sr3rescueconcepts.com. Mention this podcast and they'll take care of the rest. And Airwave. What if I told you that you could train harder for longer 
and recover faster just by wearing a mouthpiece. I know, I questioned it too. Then I gave it a try. The Airwave Performance Mouthpiece is a breakthrough in performance technology that is scientifically proven with over 15 years of peer-reviewed published research at the Citadel to open your airway by 25% for improved breathing, resulting in a 20% decrease in respiratory rate, an increase in muscular endurance, and 50% reduction in cortisol levels post-workout. Now, what does this mean to me? Well, now I'm able to train harder, recover faster, and be even more prepared for when that SAR alarm goes off. You don't need to take my word for it. Try it yourself and see how you can use your breathing to your advantage. Go to airwave.com or visit them on Instagram at airwave to learn more about it. Then, when you're ready to give it a try, because you heard about it here at The Real Rescue, you get 10% off with the promotion code Real Rescue, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. In this episode of The Real Rescue, we are joined by another South African. He would be our third guest from this institute known as the National Sea Rescue Institute, the NSRI out of South Africa. These guys go from out in the ocean to shoreline to inland. They do it all, and it's all volunteer. So please welcome our next guest and his incredible stories, Mr. Jared Garber. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Real Rescue. Today, I've got another guy, which we actually already know he was coming because I ended it with the last episode saying that this guy was coming on, Mr. Jared Garber. What's up, Jared? How are you, brother? Hey, how are you, Jason Quinn? I'm if great. I was any better, I'd be hanging out with you in person right now. Just that <laughs> out there, all right? So, and uh, I actually, after you and I were talking just a minute ago, you're on duty right now. Is that right? Yeah, we're on duty. Um, we're, I'm just just coming off duty. So 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 we have um, one week on duty, one week off duty. That's how okay. we work. Got so it. We got so it. you we just came meeting. off. Yeah. Yeah, just coming off now. All right. Yeah, so if probably. the alarm goes off, are you going to take I, I, I've it? I've got about another hour, to, twenty minutes. You know, I'm taking it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm off. I'm off. No, I'm not. Never off. Never off. <laughs> do that shit. <laughs> I like that. Right on. Well, yeah. hey, man, thanks for coming on and be willing to share some stories. You know, we we just heard. Um, from Graham, who's down there as one of your mentors and one of the instructors there for all of South Africa. And uh, like legit, um, what you guys are doing down there, I mean, my hat's off to you guys. It's, I love hearing the stories. So Kimmy G came on and told some of the oh, stories yeah. and, and then oh. you guys are just kind of like expanding even further. So I love it. But before we get into the stories, yeah. hey man, yeah. gotta give me a little background. Give us a little bit of background about who you are and then what brought you to NSRI? Uh, okay, boy. So um, I'm originally from a, a city in South Africa called Johannesburg, which is... Jayberg! Wait. Jayberg. Joburg. Joburg. Joburg or Jayberg? Joburg. Joburg. 
Joburg, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's exactly right. Which is quite far from the ocean. Uh, and about 12 years ago, uh, I had an opportunity for a job to move down to Durban, which is on our East Coast. And I, I, all I thought of was just surfing. So I was like, okay, surfing, I don't, we're going. <laughs> so we moved down, me and my family, uh, down to Durban. And ever since then, just anything I can do to get in or near the ocean is just where I've spent every available minute. So whatever, if it's surfing, if it's spear fishing, if it's uh, kayak fishing, if well, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what brought me down here. Um, and then uh, a couple of years ago, um, what actually happened was I, was I was literally called into the principal's office and I thought those days were over. So <laughs> I, I've, got oh, the I've got the best kids in the world, the best, best kids in the world. But um, for whatever reason, I got called into the principal's office to sort something out. Um, because of your kids. You know? Yeah, because like, we've all been there, man. Like as, as a kid, you get called there at least once, or at least most of us do. And then when you have kids and you're called into the principal, oh, you're like, what man. the hell? Oh man, you think like and you still you still feel like you're the kid again. Like, yeah, like, oh, back said, what did yeah, I do? <laughs> anyway, we all got sorted out. So, so on the way out, I saw they had like a magazine stand, and, and one of the magazines that they had there was the NSRI quarterly magazine. So NSRI is the National Sea Rescue Institute in South Africa. Um, and it, it's kind of, um, I guess you could call it almost like the South African Coast Guard, uh, where we do all the rescue work uh, pretty much aside from, uh, I know the Coast Guard has got, uh, you, you know, you've got tactical teams and you do crime prevention and things like that as well, policing. We, we don't do that. We just, just do rescue work. Um, but anyway, I saw this and there was a guy on the front in a red wetsuit and he looked really smart. And I was like, you know, this looks like, this looks really pretty smart. Cool. In a red yeah, suit. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks really good. Bro, that's awesome. That's so funny. And then I was like, you know, I, you know, I think I could do that. I could like, um, I could be the hero, you know, go in there, get just, I, just I'll do one, one rescue, you know, get the medal from the mayor kind of thing. <laughs> and then I'm out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had high hopes going into this right off the get-go, didn't you? Oh boy, boy, I, I was, I was, I I'm gonna get the God. key to the anyway. city and everything. Woo! Oh man, oh man. <laughs> what, if, if, well, let's put it this way: if if on the cover of the of the magazine they just had a photograph of a guy washing boats, it wouldn't have been as appealing. And that's what we spend most of our time doing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> In, in, in other words, in other words, there's there's a lot of work and commitment that's involved, as you're aware. I mean, that's what it comes down to. There's a lot of work and commitment. Um, yeah. So whatever it was, I um I attended my first um first crew. I don't. I think I couldn't make it that year, but about a year later, I attended my first crew meeting, and I came in and I just saw these incredible assets on station that we had here. It was like another world for me because. You know, the only thing I had to do with boats was, you know, in, in, in Johannes, near Johannesburg, there's a place called Vol, Vol River. Um, and we used to go wakeboarding there every Sunday, you know, but that's, that's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same as yeah. heading out there when, you know, when the Maydays are coming through in the squall or whatever it is um, in, on a big boat. And yeah, I just, it was, it just, it was just a, uh, it was, I don't know why. It, I just got more and more into it. And it wasn't easy. I can't say it was easy. You know, it wasn't easy. Um, like I say, a lot of commitment, 
takes a long time, you know, even, you know, because everyone here is, is a volunteer as well. So it's actually right. amazing. I think if I recall one of your podcasts, you spoke to some of the guys in Europe and I think they had a similar system there. Yeah. Um, yeah where, where they, they also work um, on volunteers. Um, so you, you know, you have your, your everyday job and you've still got to be able to, you know, keep up with all, all the training and we do a lot of training, a lot, a lot of training. And then, uh, you know, the commitments and the studying and, you know, so if you're going to become crew, it'll take you generally about a year at least to become wow. crew. Yeah. So, so we have like a, we have a, like a, like a cadets kind of stage, then become, you become a trainee. We've got task books that you have to sign off with different skills and, and different studying. Um, and then eventually, hopefully, you know, once you've got that all signed off, you become crew, then you start to actually go on, 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 on rescues. Um, wow. Yeah. So and then it, you advance through that. Hold on, it might take you a full year before you actually get to go out on a rescue. Yeah, usually, usually longer. To be honest, it took me. Oh, it took me. Wow. I think. It, I think it took me about a year. And I think I joined. I think I joined in February or January, February two thousand eighteen, and I think only about July two thousand and nineteen is when I actually became crew. You oh, know, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but man, but that's, that's a lot of training. Mm. So yeah, it's a lot of yeah, it is. And again, it's not like you know you're in the coast guard and you're doing it every single day, right? Right. But, yeah. but there's so that's why it also takes so long. Uh, but it's still it's consistency. It's just just consistency. Just keep going, like everything in life. Just keep going, yeah. and you'll. Oh yeah. It, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, now, how long have you been doing this? Because it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Right? No, so it's not that long really, um, because if you think that I started in 2018 and then became crew 2019, halfway through um so it's just it's just a couple of years we're now sitting what april 2023 um and and then uh then 2020 you know obviously the, the world went crazy and with COVID yeah. and all of that but but for us actually it was it was quite amazing because because um um we were emergency services we were allowed to go out and continue doing all of our training so it was actually like we i think we did more training that year than i think we've we ever done oh, <laughs> people wow. would just for an excuse to get out you know, yeah, so our you. training was actually brilliant that year. And also our rescues were really, really busy that year because um, because none of the ships were allowed into ports. Um, uh, so there was a lot of guys that were just getting sick on ships and we had to do medivac after medivac after medivac. So it wow. just piled up like crazy. Yeah, which really brought us into, um, you know, we never used to do that many medivacs and now we do a ton of them, a ton of them. And it's yeah. very exciting. It's exciting work for us, actually, interesting enough. So... Uh, yeah, oh, I like that. Well, you know, it's mm. funny to listen to you say that now because when I talked to Graham, yeah, just earlier yeah. today, for him, it was, yes. and this is 35 years ago. So he goes yes. down, he's, you know, like, oh, yeah, here's how this works. Here's how this works. All right, dude, good luck. I'll see you later. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. you know, oh, okay. You know, goes down to the dock and the guy kicks him off the first one and then he gets on the second one. He's like, all right, I, that won't happen again. But, to go an entire year with a full dedicated program and everything, all your checkoff sign off, man. I like that. Yeah. I like what you guys are doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm. So. I, I often say like, I've, I'm quite lucky. Like I, we were talking a bit earlier. I said like, you know, I'm like a gen Xer. So I'm, I'm really stuck between the, you know, the millennials and the boomers. I really am <laughs> like yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Go gen so, X. But, yeah. Go gen X. But I also say that I, I feel like I'm very fortunate that I've joined you know, part of me says, oh, I wish I joined Sirius, you know, so much younger. But the truth is, I feel that I was fortunate in joining exactly in this time because as I joined, a lot of the, um, 
the difficulties that they had, you know, in the, in the earlier years have been um, ironed out and they've built systems into, into the, into the organization, which maybe didn't used to exist before. And, and our equipment is, is so much better. You know, as I joined, we got our brand new orc, which was the, I don't know if Graham spoke to you about the orc, but it's our, uh, our, our pride and joy, our, our, our big, our big boat, 14 meter uh, rescue vessel, which is state of the art. You know, our older vessel was, I think, built in the in the 70s or the 80s. Um, yeah. I was on station when they had it, and the guys here, uh, they all loved it. Like, they're, they're nostalgic about it. But uh, for me, I'm like, oh, give me the orc any day. <laughs> any day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes, I came in just nice. in time for that kind of thing. And mm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. So now yeah. you've gone through all of your training, um, mm. which apparently you know, Graham was like, yeah, you're good enough. Check. Yeah. You're good enough. Check. All right. You're good enough here. Check. <laughs> we got to throw Graham yeah. a bone. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've got, we've got, we've got senior coxswains that can sign you off, you know, so, but oh, so Graham, it's, not yeah, just, it's not just Graham. It's not okay. just him. No, no, but he's, he's part of like the, he's like, he heads up the training team, which is responsible for going around the entire country, all 50 odd bases and, and, and making sure that the standards are up there. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. All right. Yeah. So now when you, you get all qualified, checked off for everything mm. to go out to do a rescue. Yeah. Do you yes. remember your very first rescue? Sure, I remember my very first rescue. Yeah. Yeah, right. man. Yeah. What do you got? This is, don't forget, this is where I get my medal and then I check out. That's my big plan, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get the key to the city. I'm going to like be like kissing babies. <laughs> yeah. God. Okay, well that hasn't happened yet. But anyway. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> you know what? I'm still waiting to. I just throw that yeah. out. There. <laughs> uh so anyway, what was happening was like I I had literally just just become crew uh, a couple of days prior. And you know, in Durban, um on the east coast, so we really have two prevailing winds. We've got the northeast, which is like pushes onshore and brings sharp uh, kind of choppy conditions. Uh, and we have a southwest. Um, the southwest you know, is always brings colder conditions, and so if you have a couple of days of the northeast blowing, and then it suddenly goes quiet, you you just know that the southwest is going to come. But when it does come, I mean, it, it drops like a hammer, baby. It just it comes in, and I'll, you can even see the front moving. So I was out uh, near where I live in Umschlanga. There's a, there's a pier that goes out there, a beautiful beautiful place. And I just saw on the horizon because because I was because I don't I go down to the beach often, man, just to just to look at the sea. And I, I was standing there and I, and I saw like some sail some sailing yachts out there. I think there was some kind of race on or a gatter. And I saw the bank of clouds far out. And I thought, mm, I just know the west is going to hit now. And look at all look at all those sailing yachts out there. Like I don't know. I I've got a I've got a feeling in my bones. And I don't want to miss this. So I was a bit cheeky and. <laughs> What I did was I got in my car and then I literally drove to the base and I parked outside the front door. And so, so that if there was a call out and they needed to move, they've got crew right there. And I wanted to be that crew. <laughs> so, oh, Jared, that's freaking sure hilarious. Is, oh, man, sure <laughs> enough, like 15 minutes later, like the page comes through, like crew report to base we have to go out there's a yacht that's in trouble i don't know they lost steering and whatever it was and i was like yeah they get to base and people are like oh the new guys here already yeah. <laughs> you know I don't think it usually 
that's good. And uh, yeah, I remember going on the boat, and I and, and also it was our off, which I think I had only been on once before. I mean, I can tell you now, years down the line, I will never admit that then, but I think I'd only been you know, it once before. Um, and yeah, I like, you know, the crew comes down and they get on the boat and like a couple of guys look at me like, oh, who's this guy? Who, you know, like, isn't he just a trainee? And then I was like, no, like I was first there. They let me on. And hey, I just remember going out there and I was like so, so stoked about going out there. I remember just sitting there in the chair as we went out. And it, it wasn't a crazy rescue. The sea conditions were pretty on the head. Um but we all we had to do was was set up a tow um but yeah the the the, just like the adrenaline and that that feeling it was it was ah you know what it's like (laughs) yeah but i'm I'm listening to you right now so come on i'm I'm all motivated to go let's go let's 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 take off let's Let's go let's go now yeah i know and and on the way back and there were like other we off we got this yacht under tow and then there was other yachts sailing past us, but they had their motors on. I think this guy had lost his motor as well. Uh, and they, their sails were in tatters, so they were like flowing, you know, flowing in the wind. And yeah, it was just a great feeling. It was a, it was a really great feeling. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what happened when we brought it in, but I certainly remember going out and, and you know, like setting up the tow and coming back to, steaming back towards Durban. That was, that was a good feeling, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, nice. Oh, that's a great first rescue, man. Like it full boat. Great. So you saved the whole boat and the whole crew. Well done. Boat and crew as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Well, I, I'd like to tell you the second rescue if we're chatting. I mean, you know. Oh, let's go. Cause, cause because it I, had, yeah, go yeah. Because because it happened so shortly after that, Um, you know, uh, like literally the next day, Um, the the... The station commander said, listen, guys, I'm not telling everyone, but there's, unfortunately, it, was, it wasn't a good story, but there's there's a, a yacht that had taken on water and was sinking off the coast, I think, of East London, further south, and they were picked up by a passing freighter. Um, and it was a sad story because one of the crew uh, was deceased, uh, but two had survived, and, and, and there was a dog, and, uh, and a dog as well. And... This happened literally within 24 hours of, of the last rescue. So he's like, well, he wants to go. I'm like, I definitely put my hand up. I'll, I'm going. I'm going on the next one. But whatever this operation is, I'm going. And, and that one stuck in my mind for, for two reasons. First of all, in our training, as much as we trained, I'd, I had never really been alongside a massive freighter out at sea. And you just, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but you come alongside and you have to be doing at least six knots to kind of keep the, the, the two vessels steady. Um, I mean, I know you're a helicopter guy. I don't know how much time you spent on boats. <laughs> you know? Barely. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, but what, what it looks like, and for sure to the guy who's not used to it, is like a, a raging river that's flowing between the two boats. Because yeah. six knots might not sound like a lot, but when you're out there steaming alongside a, a massive, massive uh, cargo ship, it's a, it's a lot. And that was just blowing my mind on its own. And then they, we had to bring, you know, uh, the survivors off down a pilot ladder onto our vessel and then we had to bring um unfortunately you know the the body as well and and that was a very uh strange feeling for me um and then what was good the, the good part of the story was the little doggy that came down i think they sent him down in like a it wasn't it wasn't a basket it was like i think it was it was like some kind of nylon bag i don't know he was just he was very happy he was very happy Hey, somebody, but, but, somebody grab a little duffel bag. We're going to throw the dog in the duffel bag. Oh, somebody <laughs> like that. They didn't throw him, they lowered him on the road. 
<laughs> oh my gosh but 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 the weird part about that is like afterwards okay we came back we washed up i went home and then i think i was in the shopping center that day and i had the most otherworldly feeling because i was walking through the shops and i just had what to me was a very very intense experience it was maybe yeah. life-changing on some level and i couldn't get my head around how everyone else is just walking around like the world is normal yeah like for me that was a big that a big mindset change that i had to get used to in terms of rescue that you you know you go through very intense situations and but the world doesn't the world just carries on yeah i have no and idea able, uh, yeah, has I have no, no idea. idea what you've just been through what they've just been through the casualties mm. the survivors the dog the dog yeah yeah and 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 that's something that you kind of have to get used to i guess where you're jumping between these two states of mind yeah yeah so, so, so that was my first rescue rescue two rescues yeah Dang. Uh, so out of curiosity, so for those that don't know, on a container ship and some of the bigger, bigger ships, they've got mm. a uh, the, the pilot, so it's the harbor pilot ladder. Mm. Now there's yeah. there's a couple different ones on it, and it, one of them's like a, literally a rope ladder, rope with a bunch mm. of wood that you just climb up, or there's like a stairway yeah. off the side. And then sometimes they'll do like a hatch, they'll cut open the hatch and drive up to the hatch. Was this an actual yeah. like rope ladder that they they had to climb down to you at? Yeah, this was this was a rope ladder. Yeah, yeah. So Holy that's something. Shit. Yeah. So so I mean that's something that's that's relevant because, um, you know, in most in a lot of places in the world, I don't know about most, but I'm sure with you guys for sure, if you have to extract someone off of a off of a ship, you send out a helicopter and you send your rescue swimmer down and they send down yeah. a little or whatever it is and you yeah. happen. Yeah, and it's exciting and it's great and it's it's, it's wonderful. Um. And we do do that. In fact, um, uh, I know you had Kim Heldon Hazel on, on your on your show, and, yeah. and you know, love Kim G. So, yeah, so I actually don't know her. I don't know her, but oh, but, but certainly when you but, meet her, you'll know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> love you, Kim. That, that was for you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm certainly I owe her a debt of gratitude because a lot of the a lot of the um, uh, SOPs she created for our uh, for our ASR for our, you know air search and rescue. And um, I went through that program and, you know, I became certified and a lot of it's because of the work that she was able to, to do, you know, so I've studied her material. It's, I've seen her name there con consistently. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get to meet her. It's funny that you've met the South African before I have. I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah. What she has done and is doing now is just incredible. So nice job, Kim. Okay. Nice like, you job. left a legacy, Kev, right here. <laughs> it's being announced and like being known right now. <laughs> oh, Jared's is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that's it. So that's the helicopter stuff. So we do have that, but we, we have very few airframes available to us. Uh, we used to we used to operate a lot with the with the Air Force. Um, the Air Force have not had a lot of uh, fly time lately. I don't know what the restraints are exactly. So that's really really been difficult for us. So it's hard to stay current. But we have done, you know, those of us that are that have passed the certification. We have done our training, we have done our hoist, we have done some operations, and so on and so forth. Um, but because we don't have these airframes available, we've had to find a way to go up and down these pilot ladders as safely as possible, and it's become very common for us. Yeah, um, Graham, I think, was very instrumental in that, as far as as I'm aware, because um, he did train me on that. Like just yeah. going up and so down the ladders the without ladder. an issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, because um, you're you're taking uh, you're are you like guiding the uh, victims down as so you guys are walking down the ladder together or? 
So, so the way it usually works is as follows. It's a little bit like rock climbing, okay? So you know in rock okay. climbing, you have, you have the lead guy that goes up without any protection. And yep. he sets the protection for the next person climbing. So generally speaking, that's what we do. So we have the, the we call him the, the maritime extrication technician, right? We call okay. him MEX, MEX. Um, and he'll go, we'll, you'll, you'll have the, the two vessels coming alongside each other. And it's, it's much trickier than it sounds because, you know, you, 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 neither, neither one of you is a stable platform because the ship has got its own kind of weight and it's going up and down and it's rolling left and right, depending on the conditions. Uh, and then the rescue craft has got its own separate weight and it's, it's rolling at a different a, a different speed, a different pitch, and and on different swells, you know, it'll ride much higher. So there's a lot, there's a lot of movement there, and it's like you've got to time it. You've got to you stand there as the max, uh, you know, which I say again, maritime extrication, maritime extrication technician, and you stand there and you time the swells. And as the swells at the right height, you step off onto the ladder and you just start climbing as quickly as you possibly can to get out of harm's way because it can happen that the your rescue vessel rides higher on a, on on a swell. And can crash you between the two so it's it's, yeah. it's 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 a dangerous place to be yeah um but then yeah he'll climb like the lead climber and then he'll set up protection for for either a safety line um or he'll even set up for the casualty um he'll set up a stokes basket uh with all kinds of lines and systems that have been developed um by the nsri and they'll be loaded off uh, onto the off deck of the of the rescue vessel so beautiful. it's it's beautiful. It's technical. It's probably the most dangerous thing we end up doing um, because of all of the there's so many factors involved because of all different movements because of the big propellers chopping up the water behind you. Right, you know, right, right. both yeah, on the yeah. rescue vessel and uh, yeah, both on the rescue vessel, both on 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 the the casualty vessel, um, and. Yeah, it's pretty specialized. So, so I'm pretty proud of of what the NSRI has managed to achieve with that. Where a lot of places around the world have the luxury of of an airframe and, and a helicopter, we don't have that often. And we've got to make a plan. We've got to get that guy yeah. off the ship. And they've developed you make it really, work with really, what you've got, dude. I love it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something to see. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. When you come down. When I come down, oh, yeah. man, so, so I've already told my wife I'm coming down, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm not getting on the boat." And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "No." <laughs> so it's, it's just me coming. Well, she'll probably be yeah. in the area. She'll do the yeah. wine tour, and I'll be on the boat with you guys. <laughs> you can do the wine tour. She can go on safari. She can, you know, whatever. Yeah, you come yeah. with us. Yeah. All right, I'm in. <laughs> You're in. Oh man, that's great. Now, when, mm. one of the cool things, before we get into a couple of these other ones that I, I want to talk about, you actually mm. just got done with like two rescues or one rescue like yesterday? Yeah, so yes, yeah, literally yesterday, literally yesterday. Um, it's From funny. the recording of this podcast, you did a <laughs> yeah. call yesterday. Yeah, oh, yesterday. man. Yeah, we just just over 24 hours out of it. So, so what happened was we had an early call for a, a medical evacuation uh, off of a ship or a big tanker. And those things are big out there, man. Wow, they're big. Um, and uh, everything went well, went smoothly, and we managed to get the casualty off the vessel. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what was wrong with them, but they, they were walking wounded, so we didn't have to set up an actual basket, Stokes basket. We could bring them down on the safety line. They were able to climb down the pilot's ladder with the assistance of our crew and so on and so forth. Um, 
Uh, just by the way, a lot of it is quite similar to the helicopters because you have to have patter the whole time between the uh, the the mix technician up on the on the deck and he's lowering the safety line. So you have to have the guy uh, you know, standing, uh, saying two meters, three meters, or three meters, two meters, one meter, whatever. It was. Okay, so so. Um, wow, nice. We, we, okay. We, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's very important that. Um, anyway, we get back and and we finish up washing our boats. Like I say, we spend all our time washing boats. <laughs> Uh, and we're just finishing washing our boat and our station commander comes in and he says guys we've got a we've got a call for a guy um in a place uh called mirbank um who's fallen on the rocks and broken his leg and uh, you know once in a while we get these kind of calls it's it's not really a sea uh, an ocean um rescue right but but we can still respond to it you know we have a, a great um uh, Mitsubishi Triton uh, 4x4 that that we use. Um, so nice. it happens. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really good stuff. Um, and we got some great guys that really know how to use it as well. Some of us are not as good on it as others. <laughs> some, <laughs> I should I shouldn't say this, but some of us just press every button we can find, turn on all the toys, and say, "Let's go." <laughs> I thought that's what they were there for. Like every siren, yeah. alarm, light, whatever. Yeah. Isn't that why they install them? I mean, let's use them. <laughs> I can either confirm nor deny that I've done the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this, this, this position is like it's in an isolated beach um, and it, you have to cross a canal uh, to get there. So um, we're also told like, just take, you know, we have, we have a, uh, we do some swift water rescue sometimes as well. You know, um, I must just at this point maybe just say that, you know, even though we're the National Sea Rescue Institute, um, we get called out often if there's any kind of swift water, swift water or flooding involved as well. So because our guys, are, a lot of them are trained in, 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 in that area, um, in the environment. Um, okay, so he says, take a, take a raft with you in case you have to paddle across. So um, we came straight from washing up the one boat drop what we were doing went in and we went and we we found the the end of the canal and it was a bit tricky because this canal opens up into the ocean and we're on the north side and the casualty is about two kilometers on the south side on the beach he had fallen on the rocks uh what had actually transpired is he had fallen on the rocks broken his leg was screaming in agony couldn't move the tide was coming in and a passerby had noticed him, one of the fishermen there, and dragged him up onto a higher level of rocks. But this guy was already, it was already a, like a, maybe a couple hours later, and he was still sitting oh, there. They wow. couldn't get the guy out. And by the time we got the call, um, so so um, I looked at one of our, our crew members. He's, he's uh, pretty good at this kind of stuff. Shout out to Etienne. And uh, I, said, <laughs> I said, I think if we drive down onto the beach over here, and even though there's a big kind of concrete step, the sand is packed against it. If you can drive up that sand and cross the canal where the water's not too deep, you can get us to the south side. You can drive along the beach and get to him. Um, so he says, yeah. he looks at it and like the, we know the tide is coming in. And we know it's about two hours before high tide. And at the same time, we've got, we've got medics there. We've got ambulances. We work with a great organization, um, NetCare. Shout out to them as well. 
Um, and they said, Joe, listen, we've managed to find a, a, a helicopter, but it's, it's not it's not great for shifting patients. It's not really made for that. We can get our medics across, but we're going to need some help if you can to get the patient across. I said, Etienne, are you happy to do this? He says, okay, let's do it. So we took our crew. <laughs> like, you know, like you timed, you would time the waves when you're surfing. Yeah. So we were timing the gaps so we could drive onto the beach and around onto the canal and then, you know, all the make make our way off to the uh, uh to the casualty which was pretty crazy um but yeah i mean <laughs> did you get there um yeah we got there it was terrible terrain um, uh, at the end of the beach boom yeah we got there we found the guy he was screaming he was in a lot of agony and um, our medics started to deal with him the helicopter arrived with Two more medics, they came up, uh, you know, from Netcare. They, they're really high-level high guys. They knew the stuff. They started giving the guy whatever he can to, you know, to make him feel better. Um, and the helicopter does another trip, can bring another two guys across. But, like, now that's it. There's nothing else they can do. Um, so they managed to stabilize the patient, get him onto a stretcher, um, get him across the rocks, down. Like very difficult terrain, honestly. Uh, uh, yeah. Even even with the with, even with the you know the the painkillers he was he was screaming, um, and then then we get him to to our to our mobile and at this point there was a lot of there was a lot of decisions that had to be made and maybe some were the right ones maybe some were the wrong ones but it all ended well so I'll tell you that now. Um, <laughs> but excellent, we excellent. We, we were disclaimer <laughs> noted. <Yeah. laughs> We were just racing against the time. We were just racing. Uh, you know, the tide was coming in. We couldn't get stuck there. We had to get this guy to the ambulance as soon as possible. We had a crew of people there. Uh, we had gear with us. Um, so we ended up actually doing is, is, is putting the guy onto the, 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 our roof rack of the canopy of, of our 4x4. Uh, yeah. Loaded up everyone else inside our raft. We, we stuck on the back. Um, and we just, yeah, drove the two kilometers dodged a few more waves, a few more incoming sets, got the guy out there really safely, very happily, um, and handed him over to the ambulances, and, and off he went, and I'm sure he's doing really well. But that Excellent. was yesterday. And that was yesterday. Gosh. That was yesterday, man. Yeah. And you washed the truck when you got back. Oh, boy, did we rush wash this truck. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. Did, we I, so yeah. when the helicopter came out to drop off crew, did they land or did they have to hoist in? Hey, they they had no hoist. Um, they landed on oh, the beach. Um, oh, and, wow, you know, nice. you know. So I was I was concerned. We had to set up a landing zone and 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 that kind of thing. But hey, before I even had a chance to to you know, to communicate with them, they had already they came in from the seaside. Um, and the pilot was obviously happy. He landed straight on the beach. Um, oh, nice. And yeah, I don't know what kind of helicopter it was exactly. I'm not so good with all the models. Um, yeah, it's all right. Helicopter. Helicopter. Anything up about... top, tail rotor in the yeah. back. Yeah, it's good to go. Well, it's not really because, I mean, the helicopter that we generally fly with in, 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 in South Africa is it's called the Oryx. And it's it's a beast. It's a beast. And if that thing had to land on the beach there, yo, we would have known all about it. Uh, you know, <laughs> like kilometers <laughs> down the beach. It would have just blown more than blown up sand wow um but yeah so wow <laughs> all nice. yeah that was a good one mm. just yesterday oh man just i yesterday. love it if i send you the photo you'll see like of us like someone took a photo of us driving through the canal through the water 
I think like three medics on the back, two medics on the roof, a casualty on the roof, uh, uh, the raft sticking out the back. It's just, it's just, it was just, it was, it was unorthodox, but it had to be done in the moment. You know, it was unorthodox, but it had to be done. So we did it. Yeah, I'll take the picture. Heck yeah. I want to see that. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well done, you guys. Man, the whole crew, yeah. everybody involved. Great crew. Great crew. Oh, we've got such a great crew. I'm so proud of our crew, man. Honestly, I'm so lucky to be associated with, with the people that I, that I operate with and work with. Honestly. Um, yeah. Oh, Jared, I love it. Love it. All right. So now I'm going to move on to the ones yeah. that. Uh, you and I have kind of talked a little bit about this. So this one in particular uh, is, it was actually on Instagram, which is pretty cool. So this is you and your crew. Um, mm. And this is what it said on the Instagram. It was, our crew was alerted on 29th of August where uh, where we commenced tracking a United States registered 44 foot sailing catamaran with three sailors on board, experiencing rudder failure. At the stage, they were a hundred and, wait, Oh, at this, at that stage, they were 150 nautical miles offshore, and arrangements were made to meet them on arrival at Durban Point to tow them into port uh, to mooring. And that was mm. at 2:30 Wednesday, August uh, August 31st. You guys were launched. Holy cow! Mm. So you're launched at two o'clock in the morning, 2:30 in the morning. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. For a 44 um, foot sailboat having rudder failure with three people on the board. Well, okay. All I, <laughs> all I can say about that one is I, I'm just grateful that we didn't have to, you know, travel 150 nautical miles to greet to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I don't know too much about sailing, but the, you know, the skip on board, he basically said, look, they have rudder failure, but he thinks he can hit. He can hit Africa, basically. He knows he can aim towards he can Africa. Hit Africa. Oh yeah. my gosh! We're sailing from America. We got a run of failure. We know we can hit Africa. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think that <laughs> um, no, he was better than that. But uh, he he basically I think they were sailing from Vietnam, um, then to Mauritius, and then and then this leg was to South Africa. I think they were sailing to the United States. Um, they experienced this rudder failure, and he—he was a good—he was a pretty good sailor, so he could get like within a range of Durban, of Durban Harbour. But like once you reach a certain point, like he had—he couldn't do better than that. So you know, he could use his sailing skills without a rudder to get pretty close, but not a close enough to 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 land safely. Um, so hey, that's, that's pretty uh, good. Uh, yeah, we, we just just to be able hmm. to like use the sails and working it, man. Okay. Yeah, who knew? Hey, yeah, yeah. Mm, I was I was impressed. I was impressed. <laughs> all right. Hmm. How so? How um, close did he get? Because all right. So when the call came in, they're 150 nautical miles out. Mm, when he, when mm. you guys went out, how far how far out was he? I have to use my memory here, and my memory um, might be a bit creative, but I was just, <laughs> I think it was about. I think it was about. I think it might have been about. 30 nautical miles from where we were. So not 30 miles, not 30 nautical miles from the coast, but 30 nautical miles from where he needed to be. Got it. Right. Okay. To the, which, is, which is the, the Durban um, harbor. So, yeah. So we had, we had to travel out um, to reach him. Um, and 
what, what's great about this, this rescue just sticks out in my mind because we had a really solid crew, you know, that the guys had done a lot of stuff together before, which is, which is always nice. You know, there's, that can't really be replaced. You know, you can work with people, but people who you've been through some stuff with and, you know, trained a lot together with and maybe pushed the envelope a bit, bit far with, you know, you, you have a special kind of bond which can't really be replicated. Um, so it was, it was a tight crew and, and we went out and we don't usually get enormous winds here like they do down in Cape Town, but I think it was gusting about 40 to 50 knots that night. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and the sea state was insane. There was those waves. I, I don't know, maybe I don't want to exaggerate and sound like one of these fishermen, you know, if the fish was this big or whatever, but, <laughs> but I, I really do think. I really do think they were like five meter swirls. That's what they looked like to me on the night. Um, so it was, so it was just about 15, 15 ish feet. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, that's a big wave. Jason, it's hard enough for me to have to convert nautical miles in kilometers and you want me to do feet and meters as well. No, no, no. I got you. Uh, I, I got you. You just drop it. I'll convert yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we were out on that night, um, and and we, we we managed to get out there, uh, and we found them in the dark. Um, they seemed pretty happy, uh, you know. They these guys had sailed in oceans, so they it wasn't a big deal for them. But they were relieved to see us. That's for sure. They were definitely relieved to see us. And um, it was just like I just remember being out there. And the wind was whipping and then the rain was coming in, 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 in like squalls and the boat was up and down and it was dark. And I was like, yeah, this is why I joined Seriously. <laughs> this was like the vision I had in my head when I joined, you know, this is kind of what you imagine it to be. Yeah. So, so that's memorable for me. Um, the guys on the yacht, they said, they said when they saw us coming, they said, ah, they saw the oar cresting the waves. They said, it looked like a movie. You know, it oh, looked like sick, dude. <laughs> oh, that was so cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And we got them under tow. It was wild, but we did it. I, I'll just remember we had to, we had to throw a heaving line across to them, uh, and and for some reason we couldn't come on the windward side. Um, I don't remember what the exact technical issue was, but there was an issue with their boat, so we had to come on on the on the downwind side. And I, I remember holding this heaving line in my hand, looking at it, and it's pretty light. It's got a monkey's fist at the end, which is like a like a ball of rope. Yeah. And I, I looked up at, at, at our 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 statcom was the coxswain was uh, Jonathan Kellerman. Shout out to Jonathan. I was like, Jonathan, I can't get this across in the wind. He's like, Jared, you have to. So I remember I threw it and we <laughs> right back the right back the other way. Right. <laughs> I was throwing it into like you know forty knots of wind. It, oh it wouldn't God. go, and 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 I um and it was difficult, obviously, to, to you know for a helmsman to to maintain the the um the the boat in its position. But it's got to try again. And on the second time we got it, the second one we got it, um, and they were able to bring the line across and we could tow them back to Durban. Dang man, well done. Gosh, again yeah. to you and your crew. Great crew, Holy best God. crew. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm yeah. going to keep going because you have, you have a couple more ones that I really want to talk about. And so this one in particular, you were actually talking about it earlier. You guys do um, like everything all around there from cliff to 
um, to river to out in the middle of the ocean. So this one, mm. you guys, there was a news article that was released from NSRI Sea Rescue Magazine in autumn of 2021. And uh, the the article starts, or the headline of the article is a group of effort, a group effort to save a family. And then it goes on. When a family of five lost their way in the Krentz, Krentz Cliff, say that? Krentz, I'll say it for you, Krentz Cliff. Krentz Cliff. Close huh? enough. Okay. Oh, oh, it's, thanks, an word. It, it's an Afrikaans word. It's an word. I think it means like a craggy kind of cliff, I think. But you can check maybe with Tim Caldenhase <laughs> if I'm right on that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, Krentz Cliff. Reserve. Yeah. How's that? Krantz Kloof. Krantz Kloof is okay as well. Krantz Kloof. Krantz Kloof Reserve. All right. <laughs> that is terrible. All right. If you well, come hey, down you know, here, I'll take Okay. Come down here, I'll take you there. I'll teach you, I'll teach you how to say it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I appreciate that because that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So after heavy flooding, a uh, a host of rescue organizations rallied together to find them. What followed was a harrowing search and rescue effort that extended deep into the night. So let's wa walk us through it. What is this all about? Oh, Family boy. of five oh. lost their way. Yeah. Boom. yeah. So you oh, guys get yes, this, this is the wilderness area. It's um, it's not far from the city, but it's it's wild down there, and it's very very down a very 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 steep ravine. Um, and if you if you get lost there, and especially at night, you can end up in a lot of trouble. Um, it had been raining quite heavily as well, so the there's some river crossings there, and the, the the water levels had risen pretty high. We're very fortunate that uh, you know we work with a bunch of great organisations uh, around us. Um, South African people, I'll just shout out to the South African people, are very warm, friendly people in general. <laughs> just so oh, you know, right. nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, and, and we get along, like we work nasty with, with a number of organizations and I don't know who was called first or whatever it was. All I know is that at a certain point, we were called in to assist with the rescue because the water levels had risen, had risen and, and they needed some assistance with the swift water rescue in case, in order to ford the river to get to, to, to where the casualties were. And that we didn't even know where they were at the time. We just knew that used a certain trail. Um, so what I actually ended up doing, we, we just got a call out like anyone who's, you know, um, Swift Water certified and, or, and happy to come assist in the search, just, uh, just show up at this reserve. And hey, like most of our crew showed up, you know, like wow. we had a lot of people there. And it was amazing because we were working with police search and rescue at the time, I think Metro Search and Rescue. There was, there's an organization out there that specializes in those particular mountains. Um, I think they're called ooh, Rescue Tech, I think it is. Uh, I don't want to leave anyone out, but I'm sure there were some other organizations involved as well. Um, so we got out there and um, I learned a lot of lessons there. That's what I learned a lot of lessons. Um, because lesson number one is that I learned out what it means to have a Ford operating base. You know, the, the, the police guys, they had set up a Ford operating base. And I was like, gee, well, that's a lesson to me, you know, how to actually set up a Right, so in cool. the car park yeah. of, of the reserve, they set up a Ford operating base. Um, I I I had uh, learned learned about that from so one of um, some of the, the search and rescue guys, the police guys, 
Um, and another important lesson I learned there is never send all your assets out at once. Um, so if, you, if you're going to send a rescue team, never send your whole team. Divide it in two. Send the first team out. Because you might need to send a second team, and at least now you have a reserve second team. Oh, yeah. Which is not, you know, and like, you know, because people arrive there, we think, hey, we're here to save people's lives. Let's go. And everyone starts going off down. That, but if you if you all end up in trouble, there's no one to come save you, which is, that was a big lesson for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a big lesson. Um, uh, the guys who taught me those dead lessons, they know who they are. They, they listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to mention the name. <laughs> they mentioned it. another good lesson they taught me there. If you if uh, uh, if you want to hear lessons that I learned from, like you know other uh, uh, mentors, um, is that um, two is one and one is none. Uh, <laughs> I, I've heard now, that a couple of times in my career. Oh boy, <laughs> I just never believed it until it started happening. Yeah, yeah, but two is one and one is none. So if you need forms of communication, a cell phone is good, but you need a cell phone and a radio, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. and that kind of thing i'm sure you know i'm sure the people listen to to your podcast know exactly what i'm talking about i, um, I was told that with a hoist like you, uh, you have, oh yeah you have two, two hoists you need one on the aircraft and one in the hangar because if you got one you got oh, another and i was like oh man yeah that is good that is <laughs> yeah. good yeah two yeah. hoists hey yeah. maybe you can have i think we should have two helicopters <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you got one, it's gonna break, and now you're gonna need another. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, we're going extreme uh, money on that one, aren't we? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, I'm not gonna make any friends in our head office yet. <laughs> <hey>? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so that's the lesson we learned there. So I was part of the of the of the, the second team, the reserve team, um, and the first team actually went down, um, and. I can tell you that they had big trouble finding, locating these people. They had wandered far off of the path. They had panicked. They had, they had gone um, up into the mountains and, and they were very difficult to locate. Eventually, they did call for the second team to come and assist. And I can only tell you from my experience, because I wasn't in the front, but I remember just going down into this ravine that I was unfamiliar with. And on my left side, I could just sense, it was dark, but I could sense there was a sheer drop down a cliff to the side. So you had to yeah. stay quite carefully on the path. Um, down into the valley, you heard this rushing water. And when I took my torch and I, I shined, I realized was, there was a massive river that just pouring over boulders and like that you couldn't see at all. But if you slipped near that, you would be, you'd be finished. You'd be washed downstream and stuck under a strainer or something. You wouldn't survive that very easily. Um, got down into the valley and yeah, our swift water guys had, had set up, you know, a, a line to, to use to assist with the crossing. Um, and yeah, you'll see in that article and maybe you can make it available on your website or something. But yeah, uh, some, totally well. some of the, yeah, it's a great story. Some of the crew eventually, uh, they, they located these people and it was, they, they managed to get them out. And, and one of the crew, um, she's mentioned there, she, she carried the, the child. There was a child, a two-year-old child. She, and she wouldn't let go of this child. She carried the child from the bottom of the ravine all the way up to the top. Wow. I was it was it was wild it was a wild night I, I just remember being so grateful that we wouldn't i was you know it, it was so the terrain was so difficult that i was just concerned we'd have to carry all the casualties out on stretches and that that was not going to be fun so i was just very grateful that they were able to kind of um rehydrate and re-energize the the, the family enough that they were able to kind of get on their own two feet even though it took a very long time 
I think it was the right decision. Um, but but the, the, the reason that's such a great story is because it was just so many organizations involved there working so seamlessly together. You know, there, there wasn't like any egos clashing or things like that. It was just, it was really beautiful to see. Yeah. The amount of resources that, that people put together to go save those in need. Um, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. It is as incredible as a great word to use because it, that's exactly what it is. People go it's out incredible. of their way. Mm. The I mean, even like I said, world, uh, like offshore and, and all the, the fishing community. If there's a mayday or something happens over the, you know, to another vessel, like everybody rallies together to help them. It's everyone rallies. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And, yeah. and, and in like this, uh, like a good lesson there as well is that at the end of the day, it's like how many people, how many crew literally were helping assisting the people out of the ravine? I don't know, maybe five were five actively carrying and assisting maybe and yet you had 50 people but without those 50 people it would never have worked right it couldn't have happened yeah you know it's it's that yeah. whole that, uh, the whole framework around uh, the rescue that allows the rescue to actually take place yeah starting with the command center hey right. forward <laughs> operator <laughs> the commands <laughs> A hundred percent. No, hundred percent. No, no. Shout out to you know we have. I'm sitting now in our ops room, um, which is where we run our operations from, um, our local operations, and you know the guys that sit here and and make sure that that the rest of us are out safe when we're on the water. Uh, keep track of where we are. Keep updated. You know, manage you know, manage the, the the rescue from here. Shout out to them. Absolutely. Um, Often, often maybe they're kind of not uh, congratulated. Now they don't get the spotlight as much as you know the guys right. jumping out of the helicopters and you know driving the boats, whatever it is. But hey, they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. they no, deserve there, it. There's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, the dispatch and everybody that I've ever dealt with. There, there's a lot going on that behind the scenes that you don't mm -hmm. see. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, I'm with you. Totally, mm -hmm. I love my dispatch. Yeah, yeah. Man, good yeah. job. Get the whole family out with 50 people. Woo! The whole family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, the next morning, I hadn't slept all night. I remember I drove to Joburg to see my family. I remember. I was like so high on adrenaline. I was like, oh, yeah, it was great, great feeling. I was half a week after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't do much. I was just like, you know, walked healthier yeah. I could, you know, but okay. <laughs> oh dude that's great that's great all right well i'm gonna go to the next one and this yeah. one this is gonna be the last one that you and i are gonna talk about sure. uh, i i gotta give you i'm gonna shout out congratulations to you because uh meritorious service award um was given to station five durban right, Dur right. Durban. okay that's durban 100%. so yeah and now is that was that the full crew or like everybody the whole crew this was given to the entire station the the the, the whole station yeah this okay. is the, this is, mm. so what i'm going to do is that I, this is a bit of a long read but i'm going to read the whole thing and then uh mm. yeah then we get to hear right from you because you were on the crew for this one all right this is yeah. good i'm excited yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so here we go national sea rescue institute meritorious service award Presented to Station 5 Durban for the prompt and effective action taken by members of the station to assist along with the national and local emergency service in multiple flood-related incidents along the 
the KwaZulu-Natal coastline and inland caused by heavy rainfall and devastating floods in the Dur in the Durban and surrounding areas from the 11th to the 13th April 2022. From 11th April 2022, days of heavy rain across KwaZulu-Natal led a led to deadly floods, particularly hard-hit areas were in and around Durban. At least 435 people died across the province, with an unknown number of people still missing as of the 13th of April, 2022. Several thousand homes were damaged or destroyed. Critical infrastructures, including major roads, transportation, communication, and electrical systems were impacted by the flooding. And this damage greatly hampered rescue recovery and the relief efforts. In one of the deadliest natural disasters in South Africa in the 21st century, and the deadliest storm since 1987 floods, the floods have caused more than uh, 17 billion rand in infrastructure damage and a national state of disaster was declared. During the ongoing rescue operation, five NSRI stations were directly involved with assisting in the combined emergency services response to multiple flood-related incidents resulting in a major coordinated operation between all emergency service, local municipals, national government, and community response teams. During the first night on Monday, 11 April, and into the morning of the 12th April, rescue teams from NSRI stations were inundated with emergency calls and continued to assist the flood-related incidents involving local citizens, domestic and farm animals, and wildlife throughout those first two days. The sheer volume of backbreaking and very dangerous work over ultimately 36 hours saw NSRI rescue crews experiencing people from collapsed houses and submerged motor vehicles, Connex and crews launching rescue crafts into town streets littered with subsurface debris that were flooded and bursting riverbanks. Rescue swimmers reaching and rescuing trapped and injured people and crew who operated radio and call centers to log all calls for help and direct rescue efforts to place the most needed. NSRI recognizes that the training, professionalism, and ethos of those crew at Station 5 Durban resulted in the successful execution of the remarkable rescue operation, undoubtedly saving multiple lives and must be congratulated for their meritorious service and the best traditions of the NSRI. We salute you. Dude, what a write-up this is, man. Meritorious mm -hmm. service award to you and the entire crew. Um, let's let's go back to the number here. Let's see, 435 people died, and then an mm -hmm. unknown number of people still missing as of mm -hmm. like 13th. What? Oh my gosh, that that's that's incredible. So you guys are launched. I, I mean, just that number of people that passed away, plus the unknown people that are missing, all mm. the people that you guys went in to rescue. So how did that happen? Like what I, I get it, rainstorm, flooding, <sighs> but how did you guys get called for all that? This wow. I have to take myself back there a little bit. Um, I remember it was, uh, I remember in the morning, um, one of our senior coxswains on the station um, 
he put out a message on our group and he said, guys, it looks like there's some heavy rain coming. And I think we need to be prepared for some flood relief. So um, we did that and our station commanders um, said, okay, he took the time. He, he divided our crew up into, I think, I think it was three different teams, one for the south of Durban, one inland, um, and then one for the north of Durban. Um, so I was leading the team in the north. Um, and again, like I say, we're, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of risk organizations that we work with and, and we all support each other. So there were a number of organizations involved, uh, involved in this, but you know, I can only tell you from, from where we were, I can't tell you from much higher up than that. Um, that night it did start to rain and boy, did it rain. It rained and rained and rained <laughs> and then rained and heavy and rained and rained and rained. So, so we have a, a small uh, satellite station to support uh, our main station in, in Durban. And that satellite station, um, it's, you know, it's got a vehicle and it's got a, what, what we call a jet rib. So a jet rib actually also, I think it's invented by NSRI as well. It's, it's, if you took, it's if you took a jet ski and a rich inflatable and you married the two together, you end up with, that's really, they have a baby. <laughs> That, a, uh, so grandma's actually talking about that that's what that, did he I, talk about so, it? yeah, yeah oh, he totally did and man. He, uh, the, what he said about it is like everybody looked at us like what is this and now we're just like let's use that let's just keep it just the way it is it's ugly but it works <laughs> oh man that machine oh my word that machine's incredible but okay you've spoken to grandma about it okay so so so, so uh, we <laughs> operated only we operated only that night um, and I can only tell you again from, from my side, you'll have to speak to all the other teams who had their own experiences. But I just remember we our first call was um, to a, a rural area. And in the rural areas um, outside of the city, you know, people build their houses just on the mountainside and they're not constructed necessarily very, very well. Uh, and they're, not, they're, they're poor people. And the first call out was for a, a structural collapse. Um, we had to go find the mountain, then hike down into the valley. Um, and as we were there, like the rain was coming down more and more. And there were mudslides coming down, cutting through the mountain. And this is not stuff we've really trained for, because how do you train for something like that unless you're actually actually in it? Um, we made it across to the house. Unfortunately, the house was collapsed. There was two people that were but but buried under like tons of mud. There was absolutely nothing that we could do. Fire joined us. Police search and rescue joined us. We joined by our sister station in Belito, station 41. We couldn't do anything. We tried to extricate the family. They didn't want to leave. We had to, we had to um, make our way back. Just to make our way back, we had to set up water safety with the throw bag for where the water cut a gash down the mountainside and was just flowing across there. The mud was up to our bars. Um, that's how it started. We then made our way back to, 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 our, to our base. Uh, to wait for the next call out. And we started getting call out and there's, there's a little place called Mshloti, which is, you know, if we're in Mshlango, Mshlango is a, a Zulu word. It means the place of, of reeds. So the, okay. the, the and it's based, because there's the Mshlanga River uh, runs through there. Then up there, the next the next kind of um, town is called Mshloti. Beautiful, beautiful little town. They had been experiencing some pretty bad flooding already during the day. Um, and we went in to try and assist where we could. And when we got in there, it was just chaos. There was just 
there was mudslides. Now, this is, you've got to understand, this is a well, it's a tourist destination. It's well built up. It's beautiful apartment buildings. It's yeah. beautiful homes. And they had just, the mud had just slid down the mountain and covered up, you know, all the parking garages were like just full of mud. The cars were lifted up by the mud, crushed against the ceiling of the parking garage. You couldn't access it. You couldn't get through it. We and and we started getting calls that were being dispatched to us. It was just hard to find anything. So we we first started kind of going door to door. We we tried to walk down the street. The mud was so thick and so sticky, you could not physically walk through it. You could oh, not. Wow. We had to walk down onto the beach and actually through the surf surge, we had to walk through the surf, you know, as a group. Um, to, to try and get to the buildings. And then we just went kind of door to door looking at all the buildings just to, so people would, to see if everyone was okay. But you'd come to a beautiful apartment building and it's just filled with mud, the whole entrance hall. And you have to oh, kind of yeah. find your way through the stairs and uh, go and see people, are they okay? And, you know, at that stage, at that stage where we were operating, the people were pretty much good. Um, they, they were safe. They were, uh, some were drinking a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know. Yeah, what else you know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. What else you can do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They were treating it like a bit of a. Maybe they were there on holiday, on, on vacation holiday. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, that's what we're gonna say. Um, yeah, and they, 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 yeah, exactly. They and were then again, mudslides. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that was an awful joke. Awful. It's bad. Don't don't cut it out though. Don't eat that out. <laughs> oh, terrible. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So, uh, and then um, so we were going from daughters just just to make sure that everyone's okay. And then we had make, had to make difficult decisions. Do we try and extricate people from where they were? But to extricate them at that stage would mean literally taking these people and walking them down into the surf and guarding them through the surf coming out the other side and then they had nowhere to go so we had to make the decision that they were safe where they are at the moment rather than to extricate them yeah so that was a tough decision but we had to make it and we just gave them the choice um and, and they made their choice the next call came in there was like another structural collapse there was someone stuck under something up on the mountain and and what had happened next is um, yeah, so we got called to a, to a, 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 someone was stuck in a structural collapse, and I took my crew, went up in in our vehicle, and we were walking along the road, and I looked down, and at my, you know, a stop sign, you know, a, a stop sign, a street sign, yeah, the stop sign, so much mud had flowed into the road that the stop sign was at my knee. Oh wow! You know, yeah, the stop sign was at my knee. And we, we were trying, we, we reached a point where we knew we had to cross, a, 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 it's not, it was a river, it wasn't supposed to be a river, it was just the road, right? But yeah. now there's a river of water coming down that mountain. And on the other side is where the, the structure was. And I looked at my crew and, you know, we had to make a call, do we cross this, don't we cross this? And at a certain point, my crew says, oh, I can hear the trees are like, collapsing trees are collapsing and i looked at him i said those are not trees you're hearing those are walls that are collapsing and that entire mountain exactly where we were standing was being washed away houses were falling into it the apartment buildings were falling into it over the next day i can send you photos of that as well you won't believe the, the destruction that it caused there we were, we were very fortunate that I was able to 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 whistle and you know I had a whistle a safety whistle to shout across to the people on the other side and shine our torches 
they had managed to get to this person and to extricate them. So fortunately, we know that he was okay. And, and there were no lives lost there in that area. Um, from there, we moved on to the next the, um, the, the, the next area where we knew our crew was operating. They were operate. They had launched. We have a four point seven uh, tiller arm, a little uh, rubber dinghy. They had launched that in the streets. They were uh, extricating wow. people out of out of uh, taxis. Um, there was our sister station, uh, station forty one, had their jet ski running through the streets. There, you know, this was <laughs> we talk about we talk about highways. You know, we're not talking about yeah, um, yeah. So we went, and then we were limited where we could go, where we couldn't go. Um, we just try to follow wherever we were directed to. We went back to the base at that point. Um, after that, to just to you know, kind of uh, regroup and everything. Uh, and at, the rain started slowing down. And there wasn't much that we could do. Um, we had a break, but I know that our other crews were like working through the night. But we were also cut off from communication, so we didn't really know what everyone else was doing or what else they needed. Um, sometime in the morning, early in the morning, um, I'm pretty sure it was still dark. Uh, I got a call from a station commander to please go uh, and assist the, the crew on the south side of Durban. Uh, we went there and he said, take your, take your, your, your jet rib with you. You know, this is, it's this, this vessel that we have and, and see if what you if you can assist there because people were getting calls. Our south side crew was getting calls about people stuck on the roofs, elderly, an elderly couple, they were stuck. They were climbing up to stay, they were just under roof, roof level. And um, so we made our, our way down to that direction, but we couldn't cross because the roads were raging rivers. And they were literally shipping containers floating down the highway, like you won't believe it. Shipping containers, big, you know, 20 foot shipping containers floating down the highway. Uh, at a certain point, we 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 you know uh, we were we were going to launch our vessel into the road into the, the street there, but then there was no one we could really see, so that like, we didn't want. You had to make decisions not to endanger your crew for no reason. These are these are hard decisions to be making. Yeah, um, no doubt. Time. Yeah, and then fortunately, we were able to the, the the Durban port was able to actually they 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 sent out their helicopter. And um, we, so we ended up doing our crew then. We set up a landing zone and we managed the landing zone for them. I was like, okay, at least I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I've, you know, we learned about landing zones and how to manage landing zones. Even if I don't get to go in the chopper this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but you know, well done to the, it was the police station rescue guys uh, that were, uh, they were crew on that chopper and they just started ferrying people to our landing zone up and down, up and down, up and down. And sure enough, that that old couple, that old man, that old woman, they were one of the first people that actually uh, landed in our landing zone. We took care of them after that. Um, wow. They were saved. There's, there's too many stories to really tell, you know, from... In, well, in, in heck, this over industry. three days of just pouring rain and flood work and river. I mean... That's crazy, man. It was, wow. it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, again, oh, there's probably some YouTube videos and stuff I can send you. You can look at... You can, Oh, send it. Some idea sure. of, uh, yeah, I'll send. I'll send you a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Mad props to you and your entire crew and the whole station. The, the I told you we got we got the best crew, man. I told you <laughs> we got the best. <laughs> I'm so proud of our crew. Hmm. Man, this is so, incredible. I'm so I'm psyched to be a part of them. Mm. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for sharing all these stories with us and. And just giving us a little glimpse of a little South African stuff that you guys do down there because it's it's incredible.
Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of why I reached out to you um, because I, I, I'm just amazed at what the, what the people here do uh, with the resources that they have. Um, yeah. And it's kind, of, it's kind of off the map, you know, in, in, in many ways. People don't get to, to hear what, what the guys are doing here, but they've, they've got their own stories to tell and there's some impressive stories. So all you guys that are listening right now, yeah, call me. I want to hear them. <laughs> I want them. I, you know, because I, I really, I can't get enough of this stuff. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I get three days of, of just doing flood work and relief and efforts. You know, when you start talking about guys uh, from the States, you talk about Katrina or some of the other stuff. I mean, yeah, you guys yeah. have the same stuff down there. The, the stuff has happened up in Europe. And yeah, I want to hear about and it. You probably uh, didn't hear about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But I want to hear about it. So that's what... <laughs> ah, I know you do, man. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that's one of the reasons I love your podcast. I love, I love how excited you get to hear the stories. I yeah. love it. No matter what the story is, you get so excited, and I get excited when I hear them. <laughs> right? Because they're freaking yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're freaking amazing. <laughs> All right, Jared. Well, you know, I got to ask you. You know, you've been doing this for five years. You've had some incredible rescues and stuff, and you've been called out on some stuff. So, out of your five years what would you tell guys that are just wanting to get into this or that are, that are fresh right now in your five years? I mean, you have a long career that you're looking forward to do from here on out. So give me a little something, like give, give everybody else a little something. What have you learned? Gee was, I've, I, I can't even tell you what I've learned because I've learned so much, you know, I've, I've um, <laughs> where do you, I like that. Where you know what? Even, just where be a sponge. Where you, yeah. Just be a sponge. I, I, I can tell you two things. First of all, I can tell you that like, I've been privileged in my life to be able to do a lot of different um, uh, adventure sports and interesting things. But my, my little girl, she told me, she said, Daddy, sea rescue is the best thing you ever did. Oh, I, so, yeah, it's awesome. So, so, so that I can tell you. <laughs> that I can tell you. And I can definitely tell you that you will get out of this kind of... Um, um, service or whatever work whatever you want to call it you'll get out as much as you put in in fact you'll get out more than you put in but you'll only get out in relationship to how much you're willing to put in so the more you put in is the more that you're going to get out and and, yes. and that, that that you can take to the bank you know what i i can't argue with you but like, yeah i'm in heck yeah <laughs> you put in yeah. the effort do the work put it, do the work be consistent don't stop. Just even, you know, just keep going, keep showing up, keep doing the work. And before you know it, I'll tell you the other day, I mean, I looked around on one of our rescues. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I looked around and the crew that I was surrounded with was what I considered to be junior crew. But they were running this entire, and I consider them junior crew because we kind of came through the ranks together. And that some of them a bit ahead of me, some of it before me. But suddenly, like, you know, our older mentors, usually they were, always around they weren't there on the rescue with us so before you you know it you turn around and, and you're actually running the rescues and you think gee how did i end up over here i just <laughs> i just wanted to kind of tag along you know um but show up consistently do the work and and you'll get way more out of it than than, than, than you put into it jared that is, that is awesome thank you i appreciate that one for sure um you wanted to tell everybody one more thing before I let you go. And I, I don't totally remember what that was, but it, you probably know what it is. I know what it is. 
Everyone is listening now. I want you to know that when that star alarm goes off, those who are in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on here. Thank you so much for the, the stories and the knowledge drop. I cannot thank you enough. One of these days, I am coming down to South Africa. I'm going to hang out with you guys. And I hope that I can sit there and you guys can show me everything that you guys do because I just want to get in it. Like, that's what I want to do. All right. And we want you to come. We want you to come and we want to spend time with you. So, done. We'll make it done. happen. Done. Awesome. Done. Brother, thanks a bunch, man. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute to like, subscribe, and hit that share button. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you on as a guest. Or if you have any questions about rescue or anything else we talk about here, send an email to jason at therealrescue.com. That's jason at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q.com. You can also check us out on our web pages, therealrescue.com, our Facebook page, and our Instagram page, at The Real Rescue. Again, a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember, when that star alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard. <laughs>